Um, so went to uh, applied for a new job, right? Mm. Gone, gone through the interview process, got to the medical stage. So I have to go do a full medical, took oh, wow. a couple of hours. And, um, Turn your head and cough kind of situation? Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Didn't, didn't grab my balls. I asked him to, oh. but <laughs> didn't want to. Just a one finger or two finger prostate exam? Oh, full, uh, full exam. Oh, wow. Full, full exam. No, but uh, he went in. Uh, we had the, the medical. And he's like, oh, any history of um, depression or anxiety? I said, yeah, yeah. Used to have depression. And I was trying to think of the drug that I, that I used when I was going through depression. And I'm like, it was a while ago. I couldn't remember it. I'm like, oh, it was... Um, Oh, I, was, I was like nervous on the spot. I'm like, shit. I think it was um, Tritonin. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, yeah, serotonin. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Ser- <laughs> ser- serotonin is the chemical in your brain, the happy chemical. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, serotonin. And then it all came back to me. And then I realized, I hope he doesn't watch Stargate. <laughs> what an idiot. I was like, yeah, I can't remember what the drug was called. And he's like, ah, oh, that's all right. And just moved on. I'm like, you know, what an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> is to, like the doctor's actually a fan of Stargate and he wrote in the report, this thinks he's a Jafar. <laughs> like this guy's nuts. Don't give him the job. He literally thinks he's a character of a sci-fi yeah. show. It's funny because like uh, 30 seconds after that, he said, can I just see your stomach? And I didn't realize, but now I noticed. Oh, he was, checking he was just for a checking for a pouch. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that porn though where the doctor asks you to lift up your shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And the symbiote goes in, not out. <laughs> Joining me, as always, Matty Gibson. Yo. We got Reese Gibson. Yeah, guys. Unfortunately, Brendan is not with us, which, I mean, I don't want to make him feel bad when he's listening to this. This would make you yeah, the last yeah. man standing, Matty. Have you? Oh, God, it is. Have isn't you not it? missed one yet? I'm sad and I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> I've never thought about Maddie, it like that. But Maddie's I'm... been here since our last record. <laughs> <laughs> just spinning around the chair, just, just waiting. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was tempted to, you know, miss out a couple of season six episodes in yeah. protest. But... You're ready to sit out all of season. I'm pretty yeah. sure once Daniel died uh, in the penultimate of season five, you said, I'll just see you in season seven. Yeah. You're going to take the whole much. series off. Yeah. I may take season four and five of Atlantis off. We'll see how we go. <laughs> like, hang on. The last two seasons yeah, the of last Atlantis. Two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Once we get into things, Maddie is gone. <laughs> Uh, if you are listening to us for the first time, uh, Maddie and I and Brennan, if he's here, are massive Stargate fans. Reese, he's watching these episodes for the first time, so we're watching it along with him and uh, get some uh, new and some old versions, some outlooks on it and seeing what we think here in 2019. We are up to episode seven of season seven, Enemy Mine. We'll get into the old synopsis of the episode and then throw it over to Reese, our first timer, and see what he thought. An SGC Nakwada mining operation on a distant planet is attacked by a native tribe of Unas. SG-1 is sent to protect the miners and discovers that the Unas are guarding land they believe is sacred. Instead of eradicating the Unas as ordered, Daniel races to negotiate with them before the Pentagon demands their complete destruction. Written and directed by Peter DeLuise. Yeah, it was. Uh, PD. So the Unas are back, Reese. Yeah, man, I this was awesome. And it's on the Unas come back. It's it seems to be pretty epic. The fact that like the 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 big wow moment for me was when all those Unas come for oh when they had the meeting. Daniel had the meeting with Shaka and old mate, and he's like, "How many? How many of them?" And then they said some number, and he's like, "No way!" And he runs back. I'm like, "Oh shit, that's awesome!" Yeah, because yeah, he's like he knows the word for like 
dozens and then he knows the word for like hundreds and then they're saying this other word that he doesn't know yeah. and Daniel's like wait <laughs> is there an Unas word for thousands basically and because that because that was the thing when last episode the Unas were in and I remember you saying they had like two or three costume like mm. Unas costumes so when they were doing the whole uh, sound effects and they're running across and, and I'm like oh you know they're, they're doing it pretty well using the sound effects and using the two costumes and then all of a sudden there's like 50 of them that run <laughs> over the hill and I'm like mm. oh shit <laughs> that is hectic Man. and then the camera angles where they just keep looking around them yeah, yeah. yeah so old awesome. mate PD in this one, he had four Unas in this episode. He had four four actors in right. Unas costumes, and he just du- duplicated crowd duplication, with... changed their outfits, crowd duplication. Oh, so that's awesome. The even that like as part of that big army was just a bunch of shakas, a bunch yeah. of iron shirts. You know, yeah, it was. Oh, that was the name of the the big guy, the leader. Was, yeah, was, that's right. Iron shirt. Yeah, I was getting excited to think that we might have been able to look down those row of 50 like Reese said and see like the deterioration and lower forms of makeup and prosthetics like you get you get your chakras and shit by the end of it it's just some bloke with like green highlighter yeah. on his face Cause just from, a potato sack on his head from 25 yeah. metres you can't tell the difference <laughs> one, one just a grip with like dried wheat bix on his face yeah. or something like that yeah one's on his phone yeah <laughs> what's that Unos wearing jeans <laughs> but you're right it was a good little checklist at the start because we I think we said uh Last week that we're excited because this one had Michael Rooker in it and mm-hmm. you know his his guest appearance and so it's like okay check Michael Rooker ooh Durag check ooh Unas check and that was all pre credits like, who's Michael Rooker uh, oh I'm very popular y'all <laughs> oh, of course of course there's probably a lot of really good Yondu quotes in there what was his name in The Walking Dead um, uh, Merle Merle yeah yeah Merle. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love Michael Rooker. Just some like those those side roles in a lot of the '90s and early 2000s action flicks. Like, you know, mm. a Cliffhanger was on TV the other week. You know, he's obviously uh, Sly's little sidekick in that. He's chasing Arnie in the Sixth Day. And- he's um he's in one of the Jane Silent Bob movies, Mall Rats, yes! as like the um the, the love the game show of- host. Yeah. Oh right. That he that he <laughs> that he gives a chocolate covered pretzel to. Remember that? He- <laughs> That's right. That was. Have yeah. you seen that movie, Reese? <laughs> no. He um. Jason Lee is the is the actor and yeah. he's playing Brody or whatever. <laughs> and this is like his way to get back at people is he wedges his hand into his own ass cheeks until it smells like shit. Then he pulls the chocolate covered pretzel out of it and hands it to Michael Rooker and then like stink palms him. Oh Jesus. Sounds then, like a great film. Oh brilliant. And then <laughs> and then Michael Rooker's like eating this chocolate covered pretzel. Um and then the other guy, like, it's one of the London brothers or whatever, and he's just like He's like, yeah, but then you have to walk around all day with your hand smelling like shit. He's like, it's a small price to pay. <laughs> worth it. Totally worth it. So I'm actually going to rewatch all of them leading up to um, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I love the Viewer Ski universe. It's mm. so good. Wasn't he just like a dipshit character? Yeah. Like he was awesome, but oh man, I hated him. Yeah. So bad. I feel like any colonel that's not Jack is a douche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Please, the audience, we, we can ha- we're supposed to hate them, but we hate them very easily. Yeah. yeah. Because they're not Jack. Because they when when Daniel went and got Chaka and brings him back through the gate, they're in the SGC. They're bringing a guest back who they've been told is like a friendly Unas. Yeah. And Rooker or Colonel Edwards is standing at the at the bottom of the ramp, and he's just holding that death gaze back at you. Mm. And I'm like, I appreciate it from a don't Michael- say gaze, mate. <laughs> We're all inclusive here. Oh, Come on, God. Mitch. Got him. <laughs> As a Michael Rooker fan, I appreciate that death stare that he's giving because I'm like, I know yeah. that you can pull that off. If it was any other, you know, ring in 
sub actor to, to throw in that role, I'd be like, oh God, whatever. You can, you know, you don't mean that, but I like that from Michael Rooker. But at the same time, like you've got no reason to hate that guy. That's you yeah. just being racist, speciesist. Like he looks like the people that attacked your people when you entered their land. You've got no reason to hate him. In fact, you've been told that he is going to come and help you. But yeah, yeah. he just, he kept that up for the rest of the episode. Where you're like, dude, if you just shut the fuck up and sit the down things are going to run a lot smoother he seems to me like one of those like badass colonels who's like battle hardened and then he's just been sent on a mining mission for three months yeah you can <laughs> and tell. then he, he wants finally to be like the head of sg2 yeah, or something he finally yeah. sees some action and he's like all right we're going to chase him and then o'neill's like no you're not and he's like oh this is my mission man and o'neill's like nah go back to the and i, f- I found that he was pissed at them uh both the sg saw probably o'neill and Hammond for for giving him the orders, but also obviously the um, the Unas and just wanted to kill everything because he's like I'm supposed to be in there murdering them right now yeah. and seeing seeing some battle. But it's time man, for some I'm ethnic here. cleansing. Yeah. <laughs> Been on that planet for three months and all of a sudden O'Neill comes in and takes charge. Yeah. Bullshit. He must he must be new to the SGC because he obviously obviously everyone must have amnesia. Because no one seems to remember. This is pretty much the exact same scenario we were in back in Spirits in season two with, with <laughs> yeah, Tanane yeah, yeah. and, the, and the Trinium and, you know, just think, oh, that's just a wolf. Oh, that's just a raven. No, they're fucking really powerful aliens. They're mm. going to f*** you up mm. for the mineral that you want from this planet. It's almost to the letter the same the same kind of situation. It's just yeah. um, Nakwater now instead of Trinium. Mm. Yeah, do we ever hear from Trinium again? No, it's just kind of innately sort of alluded to the fact that like the Prometheus is built out of a trinium alloy right. and our Nakwita generators are built out of trinium and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so okay. it's just we're we're still we're still getting um raw materials from Tanane and his people. Oh right. Um to build, you know, the, the Prometheus and, and three oh twos and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we they we just hear from we it. don't we don't see them again. It's just it's just it just is. Just is. Just I know, is. I know I said before that when you, know, you get another dickish colonel in there. We just don't like them. It's very easy to not like them. I found with the removal of Jack from the episode, as much as he was, and it being much more about Daniel and that, hey, let's think about this tribe and, and their background, their history, as opposed to your military interests, which is, you know, it's been the Jack and Daniel argument for the last, you know, six and a half seasons or whatever. I found myself siding more with Daniel about this particular argument, I think, than mm. I ever have, but I don't know whether it was because he was just in his opinion or it was because he wasn't arguing with Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah. And yeah. where I'm, I can kind of side, I have to side with Richard Dean Anderson, but I also have to side a little bit with Michael Shanks because I love both of them and I love both of them in those characters. Whereas while I love Michael Rooker, Colonel Edwards is a bit of a dick. I think part of it was, was the fact that we know the Unas as well. Yeah. I think that's probably why they got a new Colonel in. So that ja- so that Jackson could argue with him because obviously O'Neill's been through the war on Shaka's new planet, and he understands them. He's he's friends with them, so they'd both be like, "Yeah, okay, we'll just leave him be or talk to him, or whatever." Yeah, I think it was really clever because this is again another one of those episodes that was written because the the production has less access to Richard Dean Anderson, so they've got to write him out of out of, of course, the shows. Yeah. So that's why he was injured True. really early on, so that. There's almost a backdoor way to get another colonel in there. So it's not that same argument that Daniel and, and Jack are having. Because you're right. You wouldn't believe Jack. If Jack was acting like yeah. Colonel, was it Edwards or whatever it is? Yeah. You're not going to believe it. And you're going to start siding with Jack. So yeah. I like the fact that we're able to do that. And then you could really side with Daniel. And 
like we've always said, we're the we're the fifth member of SG One, so we've been through everything they've been through. Yeah. So we understand and respect the Unas because we know what kind of damage they can do, and we've lived what Daniel's lived in terms of understanding them as a culture. Yeah, and they are our ally. Essentially, even though we don't yeah. know the Unas on this planet, obviously we've got we know Unas. They are our ally. We know we can probably be allies with these. Yeah. With these guys. Well, and there was that little tiny throwaway line that I actually forgot until I sort of saw it again, where they actually reference your one of your favorite Unas episodes, Beast of Burden, mm. where they kind of lead that revolt. Yeah, yeah. And Daniel kind of mentions that they're now kind of like living in peace on that planet together. Like the yeah, humans that's and right. the Unas. And it's such a throwaway line yeah. that I was like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Because I think I might have even criticized Beast of Burden by saying, oh, we don't really get any resolution to it. It's just there. Yeah, yeah. Forgetting that there was that, that little, little kind of throwaway line. But then he, that um, bloody Colonel Edwards used it against Daniel when, when Daniel said, yeah. oh, they're, they're, you know, they he led a revolt. You know, they're living in harmony. He's like, well, of course, he re- led a revolt. That's That means he's dangerous, so let's kill him. Yeah, exactly. Like, but there was this one cool line that um, that Daniel gave that I think really, I know uh, even in this room and, and, you know, fans of SG-1 sort of do criticize Michael Shanks in the later seasons because he's, he's not Daniel Jackson. He's more Michael Shanks. Yeah. But there's a line delivery he has when they're in the boardroom, sort of when they come back. And I think season one or season two, Daniel Jackson would have been really like over dramatic about it and really kind of like, you know, heart on the sleeve, you know, bleeding heart kind of kind of mm. thing. But the way he says this is just so matter of fact. They're animals. They are not animals. They are intelligent beings with a sense of honor. And if you underestimate them, more will die on both sides. Like mm. how quickly he throws that all away because it's fact. Yeah. It's not yeah. his opinion. It's not him trying to be the bleeding heart, trying to convince the military. He just says it matter of factly as a throwaway line because he knows that he's right. Yeah. And that's what I love about these new, these later season Daniel Jacksons. Yeah. Is the old Daniel, I think, would have taken probably twice as long to say that line because he would have really elongated yeah. it out. To he's trying to, to prove a point. It. Whereas it probably goes back to what you were saying before. Does everyone here have amnesia because <laughs> surely yeah. after countless like hundreds or thousands of missions between all the SG teams over the last six and a half years how do they not know that what you see is not necessarily what you get it's like yeah. sure these guys have a little bit more of a primal nature they look different than us and they growl and they've got sharp teeth and stuff it doesn't mean that they're Animals. simple creatures yeah. like they're just as intelligent as us but they're different you know and they, mm. they they hold on a little bit they're a bit more earthly than what we are you know yeah. and, and so yeah how do people not know that so him just saying that is like how do you guys not know this the way <laughs> the way he said that in that audio was probably it reminds me of that um of, of that line he said to jack before he left jack in the infirmary when he said oh you know it took me a while to uh, what do you say, break you down? Oh, or they break you in. Or, break you in, yeah. yeah. I don't ever have to do it with a new colonel. So for me, like him saying it like that was sort of like, I've already convinced Jack, I've convinced Hammond, like this is a, a process that we've already been through and you're just yeah. the new guy. You just need to accept it. Yeah. Like, And I feel like Jack was almost on the flip side where he's like, well, no, this colonel feels like, Colonel Edwards feels like he has to break you in. Yeah. Like, because he's not used to dealing with Daniel. Like, there's and, a- and not only that, like, there's no hierarchy with Daniel. He's a consultant. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to bow down to like him. That great, say, yes, that great part early on when they first bring Daniel over and he sees, like, the big yoke and stuff like that. He sees all the artifacts and, like, mm. he's like, they've been moved. It's like, yeah, they're yeah. in the way. And Jack's like, go to your happy yeah. place. <laughs> it's okay. And I'm just like, yes, yeah. I love this Daniel. That old mate that went missing and ended up getting killed. Lieutenant Bloody Ritter, or whatever they call him. Why was he working alone out there? Surely, if you're on a on a on a off world 
planet, you're there'll be a rule where you say, look, you can't go, you can't go wandering alone, mm. even if it is safe and we've been here for three months. Yeah. Surely. Did they buy that back? Because wasn't he standing next to like surveying equipment, like that weird yellow tripod? Yeah, thing? yeah. So and he he said, oh, he could have wandered off and found something, and then found something else further away, yeah. and all of a sudden you're lost in the in the forest or whatever. But they didn't know he was missing until they until what they went there or something, something. wasn't it? I just thought with I mean I don't know how to survey and stuff, but with that sort of yellow tripod, isn't that like a two man job? Don't you have to have two people like a fair distance away in line of sight? And those little things measure up and that's how they measure the height of the terrain or something. Yeah, I guess. So that was my own, they don't really talk about it, but that was my only kind of visual clue that maybe that's why he was on his own because he was supposed to be in visual line of sight with someone else measuring. Yeah, he could he could have had the measuring stick up against the tree or something. I'm by no means. A stake um, in the ground. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think he he was alone. That's why no one knew that he was missing until like later on. They're like, oh, hey, where did he go? Tilk, go see if you can track him. Mm. And then they couldn't. Yeah, and then he was the one strung up, wasn't he? Strung up in the, in yeah. the, in the warning thing. At first, I thought he had that bloody staff weapon through his neck. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, cool. shit, that looks hectic. I feel so like that's the one thing missing from a staff weapon is like a big blade on the back end of it or something oh, like that. that. Like, yeah, imagine if just that, like a flip blade. Well, imagine even if that circular thing on the bottom was just like sharpened to an edge. Oh, mm. yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Cut your toes like, off with that. There's two different modes. Like when they fire it up and it opens up the top to fire the blaster, there's like another one. It just like oh, yeah. big yeah. bayonet pop out. Yeah. Big yeah. bayonet comes out. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. But when they went hunting for um for that Ritter or whatever it was, something you guys may not have noticed is um Michael Rooker, he says um he sends Hanson and Penhall to go with Daniel and Teal'c to go and, and find them. And that's the two guys in the background mm. when they find him strung up. Hanson and Penhall were Peter DeLuise and... Johnny Depp's characters from 21 Jump Street when they were in 21 Jump Street together. Oh, right. So that's another situation of of Peter Dillies because he wrote it, putting little little, um, bits of gold in there like that, little Easter eggs. And then um, this is also the first appearance of Major Lorne. So Major Lorne is like that second in command guy there underneath uh, Colonel Edwards, played by um, Kevin Smith. So this is the first of two episodes he does in SG-1, and then he does about 30 episodes of Atlantis as well. But Major Lorne comes from Peter DeLuise's brother-in-law, which is um, Lorne Loder. So we've we've seen Anne-Marie Loder before. She was that blonde in The Other Side, Those the space Nazis living underground. Oh, yeah. That's his wife. Well, her brother is uh, Lorne Loder, so he's named the character Major, Major Lorne uh-huh, cool. after his brother-in-law. Yeah. I love when Peter DeLuise does shit like that. Lorne was the name of that kid in that uh, Off-World episode where they had that machine that was a drug. And no, it, that was Lauren, wasn't it? It was Lauren. Oh, it could be. Yeah, you're right. It could be the same. Lauren, the way they pronounce the, it, it could be the same, couldn't it? I didn't have the subtitles on, but Lauren. yeah. Lauren. Lauren. Maybe. That's Maybe. a good one. Do you think it would have been... I'm, I kept waiting for it to happen, and now in hindsight, the fact that it didn't, I'm wondering whether it would have made the episode... Better or maybe made it drag, but the um, idea I believe that you've got to say better, better. Yeah, yeah. That Why that sound? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that on my soundboard. <laughs> um, if you had what's it, iron shirt, iron shirt, iron shirt. Was iron shirt. Us. It was all there in front of us for him to look at Chaka as some kind of traitor, mm. because he was brought in as a mediator. It's like here you can be our translator, but. It wasn't like he was dressed in human clothes or anything like that, and he completely left back his, you know, mm. his, his unas he was much heritage more or anything. Anthropomorphized than he has yeah, been in the past. He for was sure, standing up more straight. We'll get to that because it's a different actor and mm. stuff. We'll get to that part. Yeah, and I guess it'd be different if we always read unas 
language in subtitles. It m- maybe that that's mm. where the avenue would have been, but because we don't, we always have to go off Daniel sort of like picking up key words to yeah. tell the audience what they're talking about. So I guess, yeah, there's no room for it to happen. But just the idea that Einstein's going, man, this is a protected sacred spot and you're telling me that we should just sort of turn a blind eye so these humans can dig the shit out of it up. Yeah. You know, like, Is he going to give me cake? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make that brownie? Like, why yeah. should I trust you, man? Sold. <laughs> Are you going to leave that plastic here? Are you going to make us have a plastic problem? <laughs> it's going to go on your planet in 15 years, you eh? you got turtles uh, here, mate. <laughs> so I don't know. I just felt like the, it, it was there. I was waiting for it to happen. But now that I'm actually saying it out loud, I figured mm. that the, the, the lack of subtitles, it would have just been too much for Daniel to translate or for us to watch and just read body and face acting going, yeah. oh, he doesn't like the fact that he's helping these humans out because yeah. there just seemed never seemed to be any animosity between the two Unas. Yeah. yeah I, th- I saw it when they first rocked up at that campsite and Shaka's there, you know, come to my camp, come to my fire or whatever. Um, when they first saw it, they're just like, oh, there's a human and some Unas we don't know. Let's, mm. you know... Whether they knew that he was off from off world or if he was just from another clan, who knows? Yeah, he could have been on the other side of the planet. Like, there's yeah. going to be there's going to be multiple Unas clans sort of around that yeah. world. Sure. So I thought there was it was probably more of a curiosity from Iron Shirt more mm. than anything. But then obviously when they said, "Oh, we can we can kill the Guauld." That way you don't have to wear your bone necklace yeah, or whatever. Yeah, make war with a guo old yeah. was a really good phrase. Which is way better than, is your mum's name's Martha? Mine is too. <laughs> what is Unas for Martha? Yeah. <laughs> I but found no, it I... funny that Daniel did actually use that phrase because you've never heard him say, let's just go and kill them all, Jack. Like, mm. you know, we had that moment where he, he wanted to kill baby goulds and that sort of stuff and, and he has been angry at them because of what happened to Sharae and, and everything else has gone wrong in, in his life the last seven years. But... For him to actually kind of lie to Iron Shirt going, hey man, if you just let us do this, we're going to go and kill all those sons of bitches. It's like, you don't want that to happen. Mm. You want to defend yourself and you know that you will kill them if you have to, but you're not going to be on the front line going, all right, let's go and make war with them. Like, you know, you're in a war. But I don't know. I just felt like it was yeah, Daniel just going. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just sugarcoat this yeah. a little bit for you. Well, yeah, I found that really interesting. Being a politician. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of get the vibe like Unas almost communicate in a similar way to animals and stuff. They don't so much communicate with words as they communicate with ideas and, mm. and emotions. So it's like he's trying to do. He's doing the, and he's like, these Unas are never going to understand what a, what a yeah. ship is. I can't do that. So I was like, well, we need to make ships so that we can fight the Goa world. How am I going to explain that to the Unas? Okay, we need this rock so we can fight, we can make war with the Goa world. Yeah. So I really liked the way that he was able to sort of dumb that down in a way, but not be condescending to the, to yeah. the Unas in the, in the same way. Yeah, it's true, yeah. But I think the, the one letdown for me of this was the actual, the two main Unas in a way. So the, the Shaka that we see, that's not the Shaka we've seen in all the previous episodes. So the shaka that is normally in that makeup is Dion Johnstone. I've got it written down to ask you. I just assumed it was him. Yeah, is it not? No. So remember um, the fifth man, the the chameleon guy mm. that became the fifth member. That's Dion Johnstone. So in the past, he's always been inside the shaka makeup. He was unavailable. He was pulling a Michael Shanks and he was off doing some theatre. So he was unavailable. Actor. So they got fifth. The replicator, the curly-haired oh. replicator guy that was that's obsessed with Carter. Oh right, that's who's inside the shaka maker. The universe. <laughs> so it's, it's not that. It's not yeah. That. So so that's Patrick Curry. So he was inside the shaka makeup. Wow. So I feel like 
in a way it was, you could play it off and that's why Shaka was much more standing upright and wearing more human clothes and had a dagger and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I think a lot of the the performance, because I think it was the, they said in the commentary, this was Patrick Curry's like first time under heavy prosthetics. Mm. So he was obviously trying to figure out how to, how to work the makeup and everything. So yeah, for me, this would be my favorite Unas episode. I think if Dion Johnstone was in the part, mm. but because it was Patrick Curry, I think it wasn't quite my Shaka but it was kind of worked with, with the episode. And then the guy playing Iron Shirt uh, is Alex Sahara. So that was the hippie from 1969. Oh, really? Zales oh, from yeah. Spirits. He was Egar in Metamorphosis. He was the guy, the bald guy that looked into uh, Neity's mind and saw what she was doing. And then yeah. the other guy snapped her neck. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the... the Mr. Hanky guy. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Um, and he was also shy one in your favorite Unos episode, uh, Beast, oh, yeah. Beast of Burden. He was the little timid, timid one there. So I think he was really good as Iron Shirt. Yeah. But I think Shaka couldn't kind of meet, meet that, which was a little bit of a disappointment for me. Mm. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'll chat more about it next week because those two actors are back next week, kind of flipping roles and prosthetics and stuff like that. So it's a really weird incestuous kind of thing because Dion Johnstone still wasn't available so they actually take over characters that Dion's done before for yeah. us so it's, nice. it's super weird super, you're just super sitting weird. at home going no no I would have done it no <laughs> my <laughs> mine would have been better I didn't, what, did, what I didn't buy is the second round of um, being friends when all the after all the Unas came over the mountaintop, get getting ready to attack, and then old mate went up and go, "Oh, you can surrender." Oh, let's talk again. Here's a lighter. Ah, we're friends again. Mm. I didn't get that. I like that. I didn't. They didn't sell that to me because if you, if if Jackson runs away, or Jackson and and Shaka run away, and all of a sudden they're shooting up your your mate uh, and killing him, you're just like, "What the hell was all that?" That was obviously a distraction. They've got men in the forest with guns, like. They're mm. coming to attack us. You don't ask questions again and then go, oh, can, can we have another chance mm. with the meeting? Yeah. Like you, They would just attack, man. I think like, the, the what was missing from there was like Iron Shirt and Colonel Edwards never have any like contact with each other. Mm. So I don't understand. Like, yeah, like Iron Shirt wouldn't know the gravity of like, he doesn't know that Edwards is, is, in, is in charge. As far as he knows... Daniel is in charge yeah. and Shaka is the mediator between them. So why does yeah. he care when Colonel Edwards is the one that gets down on a knee at the end? Like obviously from a, from a primal, like if you think about it, like a lion's pride, like all these invaders are all on their, on their knee at his mercy in front of him. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's I think like, it was because Edwards challenge or was staring at him in that challenge when, oh no, that was um, Shaka, wasn't it? That was it? Shaka. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so it's that's... like, how would Iron Shirt know that Edwards had so much animosity towards the Unas. the Unas. Probably, yeah, he's probably yeah. just staring so him in the eye again, that I guess. Was, that was the only thing that was missing. But I guess from a writing point of view, it's like, well, if Edwards and Iron Shirt had met, one of them would have died. Like, yeah. you know. But even so, so like, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't see why Iron Shirt would have gone down himself and then gone, oh, we'll give you a chance to surrender. Like, mm. why would you? You just, they would just attack. They've still got that animal instinct. Like, you've just betrayed me. Therefore, I don't care. We're we're attacking you, and you will die, mm. all of you, and, and we'll slaughter you. Yeah, so I really appreciated him doing that. But you're right; maybe it wasn't earned as much as it should have been. But it was, it was like, like when Maddie said, there was a, a bit missing because I thought that says a lot about him as a character and as a leader. Mm. Yeah, when they could have just went, F- it, let's just end this. Yeah, but he still went. No, I'll yeah. give you. This, I'll, I'll 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 break it down on your territory now. You've been to mine. 
we're showing you our complete strength. Now, maybe that maybe that was it. Maybe he's like, you know what? You were talking to us when you thought you knew what was going on. Now, we've got you 20 people yeah. rounded up in your little field here full of rocks. We've got you surrounded. There's thousands of us pricks. There's only four of us, but we've multiplied heaps. Because yeah. um, <laughs> we've got a lack of clothes in the tribe. Uh, but there is heaps of us here. Now that you know what kind of shit you're in, now you'll tell us the truth. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah. we're still not going to hurt you and stuff. Okay, cool. Now I know that because you know that we'll fuck you up if you do. Yeah. But you're right. There was wasn't just that, that funny? Because when he told him how many how many Unas there was in the, all the tribes, that's when that's when um, Daniel went, oh, shit, and literally sprinted away. Yeah. Mm. You so think Iron Shirt would have kind of... Yeah. And then yeah. so obviously he'd be thinking, well, this is obviously a trap or a, or a, like a distraction. And then all of a sudden my mates are getting shot in the forest. You'd mm. be like... Yeah, like yeah. fair enough. If maybe, if maybe half of the guys with guns went back to the SGC and it was Daniel and and you know just those core like five yeah, or six people. Yeah, then met. Yeah. then sure Daniel could probably smooth it over and whatnot, but not like when you got fifteen guys with guns yeah. who were kneeling and still pointing the guns at them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> up it's on the like mountaintop. you needed that one moment to show that Iron Shirt was quite intelligent and wise because yeah. if you think back to when we first met Shaka in first ones. And he takes Daniel back to his tribe and says to his alpha, no, 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 don't kill him. He's, he's nice. He's friendly. Yeah, yeah. And then that, that alpha is like that I need to eat. So the, and that's <laughs> yeah. when, that's when they all shoot him and then Shaka kills, yeah, that's kills right. the alpha. So it's like, we kind of, I think as, as watchers, we expect Iron Shirt to act in that same sort of primal way. Mm. Yeah. There just wasn't that one little bit where it was like. Why? Why is Iron Shirt so different? Why is he that more wise and more enlightened? Yeah. Even if there was a point, maybe it was just for pacing. Maybe it was cut. Like when Daniel runs off, maybe there needed to be a moment between Iron Shirt and Shaka, mm. where Iron Shirt's ready to and just kill them all, mm. and Shaka imports some kind of little bit of knowledge. But you're right, Mitch. It's like, well, because we don't have Unas subtitles. Who's going to translate that conversation between yeah, the two of them? It. So yeah, there was that one little sort of bit there missing. That oh, would make a couple, it of, a couple of good actors could do it, I reckon. Yeah, that's it. Bring down John Stone back. Yeah. Well, speaking of good actors, and I, I hate to bring it up. No, I don't hate to bring it up. I love to bring it up. Um, <laughs> this is another episode, much like last week's Lifeboat, where Peter DeLuise initially had the idea and wrote this last season without Daniel Jackson. And he realized, oh, we can't really have an Unas episode with the right gravity without having Daniel Jackson. Mm. So he shelved it. Then when Shanksy comes back, oh, lo and behold, we can do an Unos episode now. So that's the second week in a row where we've got great episodes purely because Shanksy's back. Mm, yeah. Great episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like last week overall was a better episode than this one, but this one I actually feel needed Shanks more than last mm, week. Like, yeah. Or needed Daniel yeah. more than last week did. You know, last week someone else could have been a vessel, but maybe you needed Shanks for his acting prowess whereas this needed the character of daniel jackson doing daniel jackson stuff but for whatever reason yeah i just found it him so much more not believable but i certainly sided with him a lot more and yeah. i'm like no you need you need to win this argument man because these guys are just going to go in this is this is avatar six years early like yeah. you know yeah, like pretty go much. in you know thanks james cameron you obviously watch this episode it's like we need this it's on a sacred why did i not think of this before yeah. this is Avatar. Well, God damn you, James you know, Cameron. He's, and then James Cameron's like, oh, I waited so long to record it because I needed 3D. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You just wanted space between that episode and your movie. Oh, I don't want, I don't want like, you know, green, you know, goblin things. I need yeah. blue cat people. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and I love I love the fact that Peter DeLuise called this episode Enemy Mine because mm. the first ones back in season four. Haven't would- seen it, mate. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh. The disappointment you is real. It was in Mitch's bottom three. Because oh, you've never seen it. So that was basically his rip-off homage to the Louis Gossett Jr. movie from the 80s called Enemy Mind, yeah. where it's like, I think it might even be one of the... Um, Quaid's maybe might even be stuck on an alien. He's like, a, there's like an aliens are f- at war with the humans, and one alien and one human are stuck on a planet together, and they have to work together to try and sort of survive. Um, so it was very. It's basically, you know, first ones before first ones, first ones. You're right, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, there we go. And it's called Enemy Mine. And so I love the fact that right. that Deloise rips off Enemy Mine to write first ones, and then like two calls or three years later does an episode about a mine and just flat out calls it Enemy Mine. <laughs> Hang a lantern mine. on it. <laughs> love it. And directed by Wolfgang Peterson. I'm gonna have to watch oh. this movie. It's still. a good. Well, it's good for an '80s movie. Like it's it's not amazing. Mm. But I think for the time it was. And the cool thing is Louis Gossett Jr., who plays the alien, is actually in Stargate in like season nine yeah. and ten. Yeah. He plays a, he plays a Jafar in a recurring role. That's right. Yeah. Now, Mitch. Normally, I don't, I don't mess with this with you. You, you have your own thing because you edit the podcast, you put it up, and and you select whatever the the screenshot is going to be for like for the episode. Mm. Can I make a request? Absolutely, you can. If if by request you mean <laughs> can I save you some work, Mitch? Yeah. <laughs> God damn, yeah, you can. I thought you were going to say if you're going to ask me something that I can deny? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a shot at the end when all peace has been made, and Iron Shirt has his lighter. And he lights the little stick and he turns basically to the camera and almost gives like a little thumbs up while Shark is there. <laughs> gives me pure joy every time I see it. Yeah. I've done a little, I've done the work and I've grabbed the screenshot for you, which is what you guys are looking at now. That oh, shot. Oh, you could have put the get into gate watermark on it, mate. Well, yeah. I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> that's the part Mitch is going to have to do. But that single shot there just gives me so much joy. That is a bit of fun, actually. Just pure joy. Yeah. That's it. a couple of boys having a good time, isn't it? Isn't it? Shark is like couple still of lads. looking. Shark is still looking annoyed. He's like, "Ugh, it's a lighter. Who gives a shit?" <laughs> yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah. But Whereas Iron Shirt is just like, he's like nine hearts. He really is well dressed, isn't he, Chaka? Like, yeah. He's, and then you look at, which I I didn't ever. He, obviously, his name's Iron Shirt, but like, just looking at that still image for a second, like wearing you know some old Jafar gear. They must be really good storytellers that you and us. Because how long are we meant to believe these guys have been free of? being good slaves like it's a long yeah, time right surely Yet they still hold such a great hatred for these people they've got up you know they've got up essentially monuments to... oh yeah there's big warning signs of like dead corpses just hanging yeah. off and other chain mail gold, like ma- uh, you know the um jafar masks and yeah, stuff the big you know, helmets heads and well stuff. they must still be around right if they're still wearing those bone necklaces or maybe that's yeah, just the, like it might a be just fear. a cultural cultural thing which yeah. i thought was a big deal too the fact that that Iron Shirt gave up his bone necklace. I feel yeah, like, me too. Yeah. given that that big fight in the woods was all over, one of the Unas wanting to go back to get yeah. their bone necklace. For a second, I thought it was eggs. I thought maybe the Unas laid eggs because there's that one <laughs> rock next to it that looked a lot like a, like an emu egg or something. And I'm like, do Unas lay eggs? Um, but yeah, they just went back for that for that bone necklace. Yeah. So the fact that what a um, dumbass. Oh, that guy's pointing a gun at me. I'll just make a run for it straight at him and grab it. <laughs> My bone necklace will protect me. <laughs> this will work. <laughs> but you did not, You did say how well-dressed Shakar was. Who do you, do you reckon he killed someone for that? Well, see, he's a piece. <laughs> Size someone up. Oh, you're about the same size as me. Rip his throat out, take his clothes. <laughs> well, there's this part of me that thinks that, well, if they're at peace now with that beast of burden planet, 
did he just like go to their tailor and a tailor's like they're like measuring up and who would want to measure an Unas's inseam like to fit him <laughs> for that for that outfit and then how does Shaka pay for it? Yeah, what what is the currency over there? Yeah, and Bone can necklaces. they get a, can they get a job? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Now it's legal that you can integrate, but are yeah. there humans that will actually hire you? Yeah, like you know, I give you a bone necklace, you give me a pearl necklace. Is that <laughs> is that payment? I'm pretty sure. Or, yeah, that'd be that'd be it. A bone necklace is just a petrified pearl necklace. Well, it can't be it can't be a pearl necklace. It's, it'll be green. <laughs> be an emerald necklace. <laughs> well, obviously good for slave labor. Maybe that's what he does. He works he works hard in you know a lot of. On the yeah. heavy lifting, because like right well, at the end, like the the, the the solution to the problem, which I like the way Daniel like just sort of threw it back to Edwards, like, ah, oh, this is okay. Are they going to let us uh, take uh, the Nakwada? They're just going to be the ones to dig it out. And he's like, hang on, what? So we get what we want and we don't have to do the work. Daniel's like, yeah. nothing. And he's like, holy, <laughs> Daniel, you are the man. Actually, it was his idea. He's like, oh, shit. hang on. So you didn't even have to do anything to ensure that we don't have to do anything to get exactly what we want. This is amazing That's but I, I like that i'm like that wasn't even a solution that any of the humans would have thought about because why would you like hang on they don't want us to take their stuff because it's on a sacred site why don't we just make them take it for us like that why would you ever think that was going to solve the problem and it did and i'm like that's uh, that is actually the best case scenario yeah. i just i just love seeing the side just to take it away from that for a second but to to the the, the impending genocide like, while Hammond sides with his people first and foremost, he obviously does work for the Pentagon. He's part of the government. Yeah. So, while at the start, he's like, yeah, you know, we're, um, to, to Edwards, Chuck is fine. You know, Daniel knows what he's doing. Send you off to try and negotiate. And then when they communicate back again, you got that other general. Who's, or whoever, who's the other bloke that come in the... That was General Mustache. Vagine. Mustache, yeah, was That was it? General yeah. mustache, mustache with no mustache. Yeah, that's oh, right. See, that's his why I didn't recognize him. Oh, yeah. His must-did-dash. So, that's another, that's another Peter DeLuise thing. So, that's, that's him from... Um, Absolute power and the is it tangent where where we first see the three hundred one yeah 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 so Peter Delaney's brought him back for this episode because yeah. uh, he worked oh, with him on Twenty One right. Jump Street ah oh, right yeah that actor so him there going look we're gonna have to you know if you go don't get it this is what's gonna happen and you know that he's gonna give you that but then when they're communicating back to Hammond and Hammond's sort of doing that stare gonna pass the yeah. camera into the wormhole he's like you got you even got too long and we're gonna come in with deadly force I'm like dude if you want to come in and lay down all these pricks. It's going to happen. I felt like it was like Hammond was just saying that because the boss was there. Yeah. And he's like, when the boss goes home, he just goes, yeah, Daniel, like, take your time. Like, it's no, it's no rush. Like, obviously, you know, he just came from the Pentagon. So we just had to make a good impression. Next day, they're both in the room again. He's like, Daniel, we'll shoot you first if you don't make this happen. <laughs> but what, Daniel, you hurt me, you four-eyed son. You get, out, get out of here. <laughs> and he walks out of the room. Hammond's like, I'm so sorry, Daniel. <laughs> then he walks back in and <laughs> Hammond pulls out of and Hunter's knife from his back. <laughs> Do it, Daniel. <laughs> Don't make me. Funny at the end when they made up and then um, Edwards was like, O'Neill was right about you. And and Daniel's like, oh, goes, you are a pain in the ass. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, start, what did O'Neill say? Then he goes, just don't be... Yeah, you know. and I thought he was going to get you. And yeah, that's what I thought. You know, and I'm like, oh, you were so close. <laughs> just be less you than less normal. You. Can you do that? Stop being a dickhead. <laughs> so even you- O'Neill agrees with me. Jackson's a dickhead. Yeah, he just does it. He, he's like you. He just does it because he has to. Yeah. He puts <laughs> yeah. up with it because he has to. I, I know that, you know, this is like a thousand other locations they've shot in uh, over the show so far, but I think we got a real perspective on the surroundings because they seem to be in, quite in this valley. Like there was mountains very far behind them, but surrounding them. They felt mm. like they were very much in this little void. And I just thought, okay, this does look like a 
you know, hundred other planets we've been to, but I really like this location. Yeah. This does feel like a very vast space, but very distant place that they are, they are in. Like I, mm. I, I felt the isolation yeah. more than any other time they were in some forest location. Funnily enough, this is the exact same spot. Like where that mine was was um, from a couple of episodes ago, um, the the Jafar prison planet, Orpheus. Oh, really? That it's the right. exact same, like, same spot. They've just spun the cameras around, have a different <laughs> different background on it. Like they're so good at reusing that yeah. location. Wonder if that's that must be someone's entire job is just making sure that they don't shoot the same location Pretty the same much. way twice. <laughs> yeah. You know, they sit there and they draw a map and they're like, okay, we we yeah. shot this forty five degree angle from this spot, <laughs> right. so let's just move the camera a little bit and go yeah. over here. Yeah. I do have, if you guys want to listen to, because it is um, just a couple of little grabs here. They're back again. Gary Jones and Peter DeLuise doing the audio commentary. So if you do have the DVDs, do yourself a favor and have a listen. <laughs> this is uh, Gary Jones doing his impersonation of Don S. Davis. The minute the camera's rolling, Don's like, you know, laser beams through everybody. And then as soon as it's cut, he's, oh, I'm oh, from the Ozarks. Oh, oh, how was that? Was I okay in that oh, scene? Oh, okay. sorry about that. I raised my arm too high. And I was thinking about something. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking it was yeah. a beautiful woman or something. Oh, but yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to concentrate next time. Yeah, I'm doing some drawings that I'm putting on my website. Uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm Hammond. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> I've actually been thinking about him quite a bit over the last couple of episodes where you just see him in the gate room and he's just barking out orders, you know, very calmly as they go off on their mission and he's in an episode for two minutes. I'm mm. like, this, this, this has been this guy's job for seven years. Yeah. And like, we love him for it, but he just it stands there. The same, he d- never changes outfits, really. Like, how Isn't many different costumes has this guy worn? If anything, he's just starting to wear less clothes. Like, when we first met him, he had that same outfit, but he wore the jacket and the hat. Yep. And then he'd stop wearing the hat and then he'd stop wearing the jacket and mm. then it was just the button up. Yeah. And that's pretty much what he's had since like season two. Yeah. And then no tie and then now it's just a short sleeve. Yeah. It's just like, season yeah. 10's just a singlet and boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> he's like SG1 just wearing like the black tee like, yeah. like, like he did in um, There Before the Grace of God. A bandana. his combat gear. And then there's another bit from um, Gary and Peter which I think very much like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, how we can talk about something really insightfully and then just descend into like toilet humor immediately. Yeah. Just another example of why I love these two so much. Evil is just a point of view, depending on whose side you're on. Right. And then, well, if you go back to the Machiavellian thing, is like, I, we're willing to kill to save lives, or we're willing to kill because we feel so strongly about what our cause is. Right, depending on how passionate you are. So that's always more interesting for bad guys, just in general. Oh, absolutely. To give them a, a good reason for being what, instead of just, I like to torture voluptuous women. Yeah. I, I need to torture these voluptuous women because I have to see yeah. if these support hoes will, will continue to grip. <laughs> I think you're drifting. Ab- I think you're drifting, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm getting far afield. Thanks, Gary, for putting me back on track. Uh, I was going to say, let's keep this a secret from Brendan, but he will listen to the podcast. I actually want that clip there from Gary Jones. Every time we go off on a tangent, you go, you're drifting, you're drifting. You're drifting. <laughs> you're drifting. <laughs> Just are coming in to save the day. <laughs> Just tell the, on, the listening audience at home what, what you did that day. You showed up for work. What time was it? About seven? That could have been like uh, about, well, ten. Okay. And you brought your paperback book, which I see you had with... I always have it. It's always... I I either sit on it or it's under my... You know, put it on the floor. I either got a book or Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Well, remember that time you we had we were up in the war room? Yeah. And there was like something huge going on, and I was at a computer, 
and you were shooting, and I was reading Vanity Fair, and I found out that I thought what I thought was a rehearsal, was you had shot. And you got the And magazine. I was browsing through Vanity Fair, and you, you came up to me after, and you said, you know we shot you reading Vanity Fair, and I'm like, are you insane? You went, well, you know, from where it was, it kind of looked like a manual. Right. It looked like <laughs> a computer manual. A computer manual right. that I was, like, thumbing through, <laughs> reading, you know, about, like, whoever. Well, some Hollywood star. It could happen. <laughs> There's manuals. <laughs> Gary Jones reads Vanity Fair, right? Yeah. So I hit. I say I, reads. Does he? Does he read the articles? Just flips through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he's, he's going through. He's got like some gate manual, and he's just seen flicking pages, and then all of a sudden he picks it up and turns it vertical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like does a fold out. Oh like, oh, Check out the DHD on that. This is, a, this is a big technical manual. Double DHDs, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> this is a, this is an eight Chevron address right here. <laughs> Um, so I hit IMDb hard and I cross-referenced the episodes that Gary Jones has been in mm. with the episodes that Peter DeLuise has directed. Oh, you've done some research. So if anybody, I'm not going to go back and do it, but if anyone wants to oh, right, see if sorry. they can find it, it's down, I've narrowed it down to about 10 episodes. So starting from season four, you've got The Other Side, which is uh, the Space Nazis yep, underground. Good, good show. Crossroads with Shunnock, with the poo cramps. I feel like we're doing our... Top seven list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got the first ones with the Unas, the first time we meet the Unas. Hey, maybe I can watch yeah. it and see if yeah, it's that one. Yeah, you watch that one, Mitch, and see if you can see the Vanity oh, Fair. Oh, finally, I've got a reason to do it. Uh, you the fact that it's amazing. Yeah. You've Is got um, you got Beneath the Surface, where they're all stuck underground shoveling coal. Yeah, good fun. Yeah, Homer. Who is Homer? <laughs> uh, Absolute Power, where with Daniel's dream sequence, where yeah. he destroys the world. So that's season four. Season five, you've got The Fifth Man. Uh, 2001 and the Sentinel, that big, um, that big beaver dam that had the, the caretaker inside it. Mm. Right. And then from season six, you've got Descent, where they're all underwater. You've got Shadow Play with um, insane Jonas Professor Guy. Or you've got Metamorphosis with uh, Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh and, and Neity. So in one of those episodes... You will see Gary Jones reading a Vanity Fair in the background. I'll tell you what, aside from Shadow Play, there's some pretty solid episodes well, in that list. The Peter DeLuise episodes. Absolutely. Nice. She's that actually, I, I'd, I'd forgotten he did Shadow Play. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. That's okay. We've all had a bad day. Yeah, Look, we've all, we've all nine out of ten is still good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I will watch the first ones. Imagine if it's that. How can you like, imagine? This is how we discover <laughs> it. And I'm too busy just beating off over the Shaka Daniel scenes to not notice that Gary Jones is reading a Vanity Fair. And something we didn't mention, I suppose, is. What I really liked about this episode, given what it was lacking, is we have, like you were saying before, Mitch, you know, barely any Don S. Davis, barely any um, O'Neill, and no Carter, basically. Mm. She just has that one scene. So it's really just, it really is a Daniel plus extras episode, because Teal, mm. again, didn't get much to do. He only no. got a couple of lines here and there. But yeah, it's very interesting, given that we had, yeah, no Jack and, and like that one little um, yeah. Carter scene. Because yeah. this is... Because they had um, didn't have very much um, RDA, they were filming like three episodes at the same time. So Carter was actually off. She was filming um, another episode. Mm. Right. So that's why they kind of wrote her out of this episode so it was easier to kind of um, get her in sorted. Man, imagine that... the organisation with that shit. Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, my like, God. Like, RDA's flying in and out from LA every couple of weeks. Yeah. And so would that have flown on from last week too where you said that they did all those cutaway scenes to O'Neill yeah. watching uh, Jackson when he was losing his shit? With that, yeah, do they film these back? To, like, I don't know if you've read about that. Like, the fact that we get less O'Neill last week and less O'Neill this week. Do they sort of get in for two days in the middle of productions? Pretty and go, much. Ah, film, film, film. Okay, thanks. Because all you would have been is in a room and then in bed. 
Yeah. That's pretty much your, your two episodes. Because I think in another commentary they say, on average, it takes seven to eight episodes to, uh, seven to eight days to film one of these episodes. And they have RDA for about four of those. So I feel like he comes for like the back two or three days of one episode and the front two or three episode days of like the next episode. And then he's out for another week. Seven to eight days to shoot. Yeah, to like shoot and uh, first unit and second unit and all that kind of stuff and, and inserts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, usually it takes some... Um, right. So, But the actors, they wouldn't be um, filming for that long. Oh, not the purely the actors. Like there'd be inserts with extras and, and like yeah, yeah. like um, a couple of weeks ago with revisions where they, they would have spent a whole day filming with the stand-ins because yeah. they were inside those um, the suits in the smog. So it's like, so yeah. they didn't need any actors that day because that would have taken them a whole day to film Imagine, that. Imagine when they bring Atlantis in and they're doing two shows like that. Yeah. God damn, that'd be some money put into that shit. Yeah, because basically they say like to hire an, a director, for a director to do um, one episode of television, it usually takes them two weeks because there's the seven, eight days of primary photography and filming and stuff. Yeah. And the back end is all the editing and, and all that kind of stuff for the, for the second week. Yeah, so that's yeah. why typically you, for a lot of the time, that's why they were just going back and forward between Peter DeLuise and Martin Wood. Mm. Cause they were just swapping it while well, one was finishing up the one episode, one was doing the other one and then doing pre-production and all that kind of stuff. Bloody so, yeah. yeah. It's insane. It's time for the get into gate. Harry mailbag. Matt Dykes, writer, has got in contact with us on Twitter. He says, hey, get into gate. Just listening to your episode on The Cure. And thanks to High Pitch Matty and his Luigi getting hit by a banana. <laughs> Q. Uh. <laughs> Impression. The cute girl sat across me on the train, was looking at me like I'm a freak. Hashtag uncontrollable public laughter. Oh, well, welcome welcome to my go. life, Matty. Matty, that sounds like the start of a wonderful romantic comedy. You'll end up marrying right. her. Unless, of course, you're already married, and if your wife's listening to this, that's not what's going to happen. Mm. And forget everything I said. Yeah, and you probably shouldn't have put in cute girl. You probably just said the person. Yeah, or you. Okay, yeah, you've dug your own yeah, hole there, Maddie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you guys on about? I don't know. <laughs> He's not married. Surely. You never know. Don't assume. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Listen, yeah. He doesn't say. Assume. There Marital we go. Status that's added. that's filling in the the hole left by Brendan <laughs> right there. Uh, Mike Dean. Mickey D, Mickey D, the MD, oh, the D-Dog. Got in touch with us via Facebook, I believe. He says, gasp. <laughs> I just heard in another podcast. Do, do you say that? I think that's just for reading. Oh, you got to do the actual. <gasps> oh, that, yeah, yeah, perfect. Is that better? Perfect. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's start. Yeah, when we, again. When okay. we record properly, that's what okay. you can do. Okay. Mickey D. <laughs> <laughs> he Getting write, all that. He writes in. <laughs> he writes in. <gasps> Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I do that, I always cough. So when it says gasp, I never gasp. I I just heard in another podcast I listened to. Why would you do? Okay. Right. We'll ask questions later. (laughs) And I. Hell, Mike. How dare you cheat on us? Well, he's not anymore. Listen to this. He says, and I quote, you can't just be a guy fest. That is so essential to a balanced show. Talking about a podcast. Four dudes are not going to have a different enough perspective to make things interesting. Mike immediately screamed at his phone, false! <laughs> what does... <laughs> what does Paratalk Radio know anyways? Oh, N- name and shame. Drop a name. Needless to say, I am no longer a subscriber. Oh. Burn! 
On your Mickey D. So that's, uh, and I looked about, that's Paratalk Radio. That's like a Paranormal Activities um, podcast. Oh, say no more. Mm. Put money about the Paramount Reels. <laughs> and I said you shouldn't be listening to anything they say anyway. Fair uh, yeah. Yeah, I, well. I don't mind a good ghost hunt, to be honest. Yeah, that's a what hunt? A no, ghost, I, I should have said hunt. I said a ghost what, because I was trying to make a joke. I totally <laughs> f***ed that up. Uh. Never mind. Elliot Hetzer uh, emailed in, Hey guys, I started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago and I've been flying through it. Love what you guys are doing. And if it wasn't possible to love you guys anymore, you guys throw in Petra in the episode Sight Unseen. Oh, shout out to Brendan. Sight Unseen. What's Petra? All right. Sight Unseen. Growing up in a Christian household <laughs> and the son of a pastor, I was limited oh. to what music I was able to listen oh, to. Italian. And just, just on all... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so was so was your mum a lasagna or was she a ravioli? If whoa, you know whoa, what I mean. whoa! <laughs> Don't ask if his mum's a les. <laughs> Anya, uh, <laughs> Petra is a big part of my musical repertoire for quite a few oh, years. That's right, because didn't uh, Brendan say they're like um, Christian rock? Yeah, they that's were, right. Oh, Sight Chris un- rock. Sight unseen was they were singing about their faith in God. Sad, we, we, yeah, um, it's a wonder Brendan come across it at all. Sad unseen. <laughs> Brendan, yeah. Brendan yeah. probably thought it was a parody. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> Clearly, this can't be real. Yeah. <laughs> this is obviously a joke song. Yeah. The song referenced Sight Unseen was written in the early 90s. Yeah, they held on to that 80s sound far longer than ever should have been allowed. I say not long enough. Absolutely. The band yeah. started in the early 70s. It holds nostalgia, but man, are they dated. Again, yeah, we disagree, Elliot. Because that, that song was actually written about the Pope, you know? Oh, he, right. he sneaks around the Vatican, Sight Unseen. Oh, yeah, okay. Dated. Because he wears slippers. See, all the 90s stuff's coming back. So this yeah. sound is good yeah. now. Yeah. So no hard feelings about making fun of their sound. Keep up the great work and the random references and tie-ins. No problems there, Elliot. I also really appreciate it and was not in any way offended by the separate bonus episode where you talked about religion. Oh, that was the Mitch's favorite episode. <laughs> yeah. That was, was yeah. That was attached to demons. Demons. That's right. Yeah. I do. That actually... was the first mention of like Christianity kind of faith in um, yeah. Stargate. Yeah. We had a longer side episode that we took out of the middle of the recording than we did on the episode about demons, and I did actually like that. So you can go back and find that. Season three. Season three, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. There you go. As a Christian, I understand that my beliefs uh, take a leap of faith sometimes, and you can't just believe everything you read or hear. I could go on about it, but it probably wouldn't fit in the hairy mailbag. Thanks for the great pod. Elliot from Ohio. Oh, Ohio. Cheers, buddy. Good chat. That was a good one. Oh, Elliot, my man. So we are the next one. Will be- oh, oh. Oh, oh shit. Get these stations. Oh, it's been a while. Defence team, stand by. Might be Brendan. It's good to know Except, that um, Walter... Clear, like, clear, clear backgrounds, clear targets. Where it was from the other week. Even yeah. though Walter's on the um, audio commentary and he's, you know, putting out impersonations, that he's there ready to go. Right. Oh, always. Fuck, he's a good technician. Hi, guys. So, I normally listen to you on my drives to and from work because I have an hour-long commute and it makes the drive go so much faster and the traffic seem less annoying. You're welcome. Um, but I also <laughs> tend to listen to you like when I'm doing errands with like an earbud in my ear and you are the cause for so many people to look at me like I'm nuts, which I'm kind of used to because I laugh very loudly. Who is so this? I wonder if she's a cute girl on the train. Girl, and I oh. laugh like a hyena and it is extremely loud. And typically you guys have me losing my shit in the middle of stores <laughs> and people just... Stop and stare for a second, and a smile, and nod, and keep moving. 
Unless you got headphones in. <laughs> There's been a couple times where rather than laugh, I wanted to yell. The first one was when oh. Maddie said that he thought emancipation was <laughs> one of the best. I absolutely, 100% hate that episode. I think yes. it is one of yeah, the worst ones, and I almost stopped listening to your podcast when Maddie <laughs> kept Jesus. trying to say that it was a great one. We, mm. we almost stopped recording it. Nothing annoys me more than Sam Carter and her feminist womenly ways the things I, I don't even know don't get me started <laughs> secondly i'm now Good on season stuff. six finally i'm listening to episode one and y'all are just ripping on jonas and well, i got bad love news jonas. for you there <laughs> aside from jack and teal he is by far one of my favorite characters that has Absolutely. ever played on stargate and just the hate for jonas i don't know i kind of <laughs> liked him over daniel like I like yes. Daniel a little bit, but he's never been my favorite. I, I do love me some Jonas, and yeah, I just on I can't right now. I cannot. I have stopped listening to you for a moment. I'm sure I'll pick it back up here in about five seconds. But <laughs> I'm a little angry, and I need to tell you, y'all are fantastic. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Don't change anything. You guys are hysterical. Have yourself a good one. Bye. Oh, oh that's thank awesome. you. Oh, that was from Megan. Megan Shafour. I pronounced that correctly. Yeah. Oh, it's Shafive. Oh, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> I love that accent. How do you spell it? Yeah, it's a real I love cool that accent. accent. Y'all be hating on Jonas. One hundred percent. Megan, Megan, I'm so on board with you. Jonas, yeah. uh, Jonas is the man. Yeah, um, look, if, if you can actually... make it through season, if you can make it through Emancipation, now that you're in season six, know that you do have Reese as an ally for season mm. six. Um, I was actually in a, in a Twitter feud with um, with Damo Edwards. Oh, really? And uh, Holly Monnery was, uh, oh, sorry, Holly Corbett. Corbett. Was uh, on my side. She said, uh, I hope, I thought you guys liked Jonas now. I thought that was a thing. And then, uh, and then Damo says, uh, no, pretty much. That's (laughs) that's never going to happen. (laughs) And we were just sending gifts and photos of uh, Jonas and Shanks. Brilliant. (laughs) I honestly, I was chatting with someone the other day on. Was it Snapchat? And you can't really send a GIF on Snapchat. <laughs> Don't eat in the microphone, Maddie. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to talk. Um, no, you're just f-ing recording a podcast. <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> I thought I had time. I was chatting with a mate because he Swallow owns. Swallow faster, boy. <laughs> it's not the first time you said that to me. Um, I was chatting with a mate on Snapchat because it's the only kind of social media thing that he has, and I'm so mm. used to like from our chats, like online. Like, just responding with a GIF, mm. and you can't do that on Snapchat. So I was at a loss, like, half the oh. time. I'm like, how do I respond to what he's just done? I had to resort to Bitmojis, and Bitmojis are a poor man's GIF, I have to say. Mm. Yeah, yeah there's some There's some fun ones where there's a Bitmoji of my face inside a unicorn onesie, or me as, like, you know, a Jedi with a lightsaber. That's fun, but it doesn't beat a GIF. I thought you were going to say you had to resort to, like, recreating them yourself, <laughs> and all of a sudden yes. you're doing your best Chandler from Friends. Yes. filming them. That'd be good. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Do the guy, the one where the guy with the beard turns around just gives that little slow nod. Who <laughs> <laughs> people apparently for years thought was Zach Galifianakis. And I'm like, really? You can't really? tell that's from like 40 who, years ago. Yeah. Who, who is that? Robert Redford. Robert Redford. Yeah, can it? you believe yeah. With a Zach Galifianakis My hangover God. beard. I was going to say, it looks, like, it looks it. like Robert Redford ate Zach Galifianakis, maybe. But <laughs> I think wow. it's just all beard. Yeah. That beard would make Chuck Norris jealous. Mm. Of that I thought it was a bear, a brown bear. <laughs> So, <laughs> Brendan's not here. Does anyone have any questions for me? I may have scribbled down a couple during the last few minutes of the podcast. Have you really? Yeah. I thought I was getting away with it. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's time to find out if Reese has been paying, paying attention. attention.
Five yeah. uh, essay yeah. questions here for you. You know, I, um, you know how relaxed I felt throughout that episode. <laughs> thing? I don't have to answer any questions at the end of this shit. Meanwhile, I was nervous because I'm like, "What's the natural segue to the end of the show? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, are what are you gonna what do? Gonna do? Uh, all, right. Uh, all right, so five questions, thirty seconds. Time starts at the end of this. The first question. <laughs> Load of talk, mate. Just yeah, <laughs> just, just getting into my Brendan mode where I'm not reading anything and just. I've scribbled it down, but I can't remember my handwriting. That's, that's brave so of you to say it. Like channeling that. Brendan, channeling Brendan, channeling Brendan. Deadpan, deadpan, deadpan. No energy in the voice. No energy in the voice. <laughs> all right. You got to be funny though. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's the part. Can't I'm have missing. it all. Yeah, that's the part. I'm missing. Uh, all right, here we go. First question: Who is Colonel Edwards, second in command? Oh, Lauren. Correct. Name the leader of the Unas tribe. As uh, the Corusek guy, Iron Shirt. Correct. Uh, what SG1 episode is this a repeat story of? Spirits. Correct. Well, what were they mining on the planet? Naquadar. Correct. What was the Unas implement Daniel sees to figure out there's Unas on the planet? Oh, shit. Oh, the thing you put on your fucking shoulders. That's the one. The cow thing. Oh, the word we were looking for was yoke. Yoke, yeah. What a ridiculous name for something that's not in an egg. Hey, delicious though. <laughs> delicious. So unfortunately, Daniel... Reese, your father made you wrong. Yeah, you, mate. You stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Had to be done. Uh, you had four out of four so quickly there, and I was thinking about Brendan listening to this podcast going, Oh, you gave him f***ing <laughs> I would never let him get away with his shit. <laughs> but, you know, kind of balanced itself there at the ends. Yoke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like eggs. <laughs> <laughs> that is episode 140 of Get in a Gate. Enemy Mind, we will be back next week to talk space race. Until then, you can check out all of our near 150, this is 140 plus specials, episodes of Get in a Gate on your favourite podcasting outlet. Just search Get in a Gate, a Stargate podcast. Send us an off-world activation, getintogate at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials, Get in a Gate, a Stargate podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to do a little digging into our Enemy Mine, oh, well done. join us on Patreon. <laughs> Just like uh, Bob the Mime, Bob the Mime, Bob the Mime. Oh. It's like, um, how does he say his name? It could be, it could be Bob the Mimi. Bob the Mimi. <laughs> well, the joke is, there's a mime, Matty. Yeah, does oh, dog, does I he? Get it. I get it. Sorry, I was, I was only thinking about there's a there's a there's a drag queen on RuPaul's Drag Race, Drag Race, and his stage name is Bob the Drag Queen. Nice. Rather than like something crazy. Um. So yeah. Uh, also. Uh, Oh, God. Look, why do I always get the weird ones? Not the weird Whoa, Whoa Maddie. Sorry. Wow. Brand oh, new patron. The, the non traditional wow. spellings. <laughs> wow, Maddie. Laurie Steinel. How do you spell it? S T E I N L E. Steinel? Steinel. Steinel. Laurie? Laurie. L O R I. Laurie. All right. That's fine. Uh, oh, see, these ones are better. No last Steen. name. Steinel. So, welcome to Mike and Nick. Mike they're two Nick. different people. No last names. Yeah, two different people. No last names. Nice and simple. Maybe they just didn't want us to butcher their names. Mm, smart. Very clever. So yeah. welcome, guys. Mate, leave Laurie alone. What are you doing <laughs> against Laurie? Jesus. Leave Laurie alone. <laughs> Bloody hell, Maddie. We love Laurie. <laughs>
And before we do uh, say our final goodbyes, though, uh, a big shout-out, a big happy birthday to one Christopher Judge, our very own Teal. Oh, I totally forgot! Well, I remember because it partners up so very well with one of his biggest fans, our bloody own Reese Gibson's birthday tomorrow, buddy! Thanks, guys. Yeah, Yeah, 74 again. (laughs) <laughs> um, lived a hard life, but you know someone's got to train those Jafar. Yeah, that's right. Hey, two, just, two. Just another day. People ask me how old are you, and I literally have to count back because I don't keep count. Ah, oh, you and, should cut your arm off and count the rings. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, like a, like a tree. <laughs> tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah gr- I am Groot. <laughs> we are Groot. <laughs> Until next week. Uh, yeah, catch us on the socials. Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram. I am if you want to cut him and uh, talk some gay to get in. Uh, Maddie, where are you? Uh, at High Pitch Maddie. And if you also want to get into some kind of uh, Twitter tirade, uh, Jonas V. Daniel, where can we find Reese? Yeah, send nudes at the Flying Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brennan at the Brandon Gibson, asking him to come back to the show. He would like to be oh, here, but yeah. uh, you know, outside forces kept us all apart this week and we, we just should, had to push um, on. We should put something out there for people to just like inundate his Twitter feed with something. Oh, if, okay, okay. But everyone out there who's you know that knows Atlantis, just flood Brendan's Twitter feed with gifts of Doctor Weir, because he hates Doctor Weir. So just pictures, tweets, gifts. The old, the odd dick pic in there as well. Yeah, I mean, who knows uh, what what Weir's got going on under, underneath <laughs> that, uh, what she's got there. But uh, yeah, at the Bren Gibson. That's the one. Yeah, Weir, just Weir. Hashtag Weir. Give them a real fun weekend. Until next weekend, (laughs) we'll see you then. Get into geek.